0: Locked podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN Dover Drive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, Maple Leafs coming off a big weekend split with the Calgary Flames. They lost 4-3 on Friday night, tightened things up a bit for a 2 nothing win on Saturday, but the biggest storyline coming out of the weekend was whether or not there is legitimately a goalie controversy brewing here in Toronto. The answer is yes. I'll explain why in a little bit and offer some potential solutions for next season even if the Leafs do intend or may move on from Freddie Anderson. I got some names who the Leafs may be inquiring about or listening on um, or making a push to get one of these guys. But we'll chat about that in just a little bit. First, I want to chat about the games over the weekend, uh, get to our three stars, and then we'll get to our goalie conversation in a little bit. Um, but before I go any further, let me tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 at builtbar.com. All right, so like I said, the Maple Leafs lost 4-3 on Friday and then at a solid bounce-back performance in a 2 nothing win on Saturday. Solid win, um, pretty tight game on both ends, which I kind of expected to see after Friday's debacle. Both teams gave up a lot. Both goalies weren't really playing well. Um and you got both teams on night two of a back-to-back with their backups in net. They don't want to play sloppy. They don't want to make you know silly mistakes. So they just played a little reserved. And uh, it, it worked out to Toronto's benefit on Saturday. But Campbell coming in net looking solid. Made all 31 stops for the shutout. His second in a row, if you'll recall, that was his first start since starting in Edmonton when they got the shutout. Then he got hurt and and wasn't able to play until last night or Saturday and still got a shutout. So this guy's riding quite the streak right now. Um, you know, two straight games that he started with a shutout. Hasn't allowed a goal in quite some time. Uh, but he just like looks good doing it too, right? Calm, cool, collected, smiling, laughing, giving butt taps to his defensemen, good rebound control, exactly what we're expecting from Jack Campbell at this point because that's what he's been since coming to Toronto. But the team as a whole, like they, just, they played better overall to me on Saturday than they did in front of Freddie on Friday. We just saw them play a little bit more like they did against Edmonton Saturday night, right? And they kind of had to do that for a few different reasons, I think. But like this is what we see when the Leafs are are winning games at this point this year. They're more reserved. They play tighter in their own D zone. They're collapsing. They're they're a little less aggressive and and activating from the defensemen. So you know maybe this is the the style, or maybe this has to be the Leafs' identity and not the super fun high flying octane offense that we all thought that we'd see from this team when Keith and Dubas took over, and instead. This is what the winning product looks like what what we had to you know watch against Edmonton right you you play good structured simple hockey and then you try and capitalize on the team making a couple of mistakes you build the lead early and then you kind of sit back and you defend and I think that is at this point the Leafs best Uh, best way to win games that's how they've won a good majority of their games when they're playing their best and they're playing a good stretch of games and we're seeing that consistency from this team that's a style that's the way that they're playing and honestly at the end of the day as long as we see wins piling up I don't care how they play as long as it works if they're not you know scoring seven six eight goals a game I don't care I really don't, because the one stat that matters at the end of the day is the two points to the winner. And that's what they're able to do playing the way that they did on Saturday night and the games that they played against Edmonton. And look back at a lot of wins that they've had this year. How have they played those games? They've been a little tighter, right? They haven't really blown teams out that much. They've been tighter games. And it's just, for whatever reason... That's the way that this team is winning games these days. Um, I like what I saw out of Galchenyuk. He got into his first couple of games for the Maple Leafs uh, over the weekend. And I spoke about him uh, last week going into the weekend about how he was gifted an opportunity to play with Tavares and Nylander and that hopefully he didn't squander it. And I don't think he did. You know, like he didn't not fit in. Right. Like I'm not sold that Galchenyuk is going to be the answer. I still think that they're going to be looking at the deadline for somebody to come in and and kind of play a, a top six role on that wing spot. Uh, but you know, Galchenyuk is a decent option in that hole. I do gotta say. Like he he looks like an NHLer. Um, he, he had a, a little pep in his step. I think just because he knows it's probably his final shot, right? Like, he was puck-hungry, showed off his speed. He was tenacious on loose pucks. um, Got physical a little bit, which surprised me a little. Made some nice plays. You know, like, that line wasn't playing against scrubs. Like, they were going up against the monaghan goudreau line, too, and completely shut them down. And had some nice opportunities in the offensive zone. So, Galchenyuk, uh, I... Wasn't sure what the least we're going to get in this guy. Obviously, he's flamed out on like six or seven different clubs before landing in Toronto. But uh, two games down, not bad. Not bad. Definitely an NHLer. Like, even if he doesn't uh, solidify himself in Toronto's top six, which let's face it, may be a little tough to do. They're a pretty solid squad. I think that as long as he plays the way that he played on Friday and Saturday, if he could play that way the rest of the season, even if he only gets opportunities in the bottom six here and there, sparingly, you know, sparingly um, down the stretch, I think he can land an NHL job going forward. Or maybe a team actually trades for him, and he, they, you know, they can get a pick for him or something. If that's the case, heading into the deadline, who knows? Maybe he's part of, you know, a, a piece that gets dangled for another guy. I, I don't know, but the way that Galchenyuk played. He's not an AHLer. I I think that this guy still has the tools to be an NHL talent. Is he a bonafide top six guy who I think is the answer on that second line where they've just had rotating wingers all season long? Probably not. I'm not going to rule it out. Probably not, though. Um, But as long as he has this opportunity, hopefully he keeps running with it because I like the way he played and we'll see what he can do going forward. But, you know, the game, uh, the the Leafs don't play for another four days. Like, they got four games off again, or four days off again. It was super weird, right? Two games within a 10-day stretch after seeing games, like, game after game after game. Like, really, we were getting no rest for these guys, and all of a sudden, they got a four-day break, play back-to-back, and then another four-day break before playing again on Thursday against the Jets. Super weird how the schedule worked out for them, but... Anyways, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the three stars of the game, and then uh, and then I'll get into the goaltending controversy that I think we have here in Toronto. You know what? No, I'm going to do the three stars now. I'll do it quickly because I want to have a little bit more time to do the goalie controversy. So the three stars for me, uh, the third star, I'm going to give it to the fourth line, uh, you know, just uh, in general, right? Jason Spezza, Alex Kerfoot, and Joe Thornton. I thought that was actually a pretty good line. They look pretty good. The numbers look good, too. Spezza scored the game-winner. Technically, scored the first goal, but it turned out to be the game-winning goal. I thought Kerfoot played pretty well. Thornton played pretty good. You know, that's a nice-looking fourth line. You know, Kerfoot somehow complementing these two together. I wasn't sure how it was going to look. Spezza and Thornton, not the fleetest of foots playing together. And let's see how it works out. But, hey, they outscored their opponents. And at the end of the day, if you can do that, I think uh, I think that you'd be happy. The thing that I, I, I see about that, just quickly, as I go off on a little bit of a tangent here, if you got Kerfoot playing on the fourth line right now, odds are I think the reason that is is probably because they're looking to trade him. I, I would be shocked if Kerfoot is here going forward. If you're playing this guy in the fourth line making $3.5 my assumption is you're trying to make sure that Pierre Engvall can really take control of that third center position and see what he can do on a nightly basis, see if he can consistently be that third line center before you completely move on from a guy like Kerfoot who you know can do it. Uh, So I think that's kind of the thinking that Keefe is having here. He's auditioning to see if uh, Engval can do it because he wants that third line, I believe, Of Hyman, McKayev, and Kerfoot, Uh, or Hyman, McKayev, and and Engval, and Kerfoot gets bounced to the fourth line. Three and a half million for a fourth liner? No thanks. He's somebody who you could dangle and try and move at the deadline and move out his salary for the upcoming years as well. Um, Okay, number two, my second star of the game, was Zach Hyman. (laughs) Uh, Scored the insurance marker, a great kind of end-to-end play where he just took it around the net and roofed it right over Riddick. Um, An amazing celebration, too, afterwards, going right to the bench. A nice little high-five to Wayne Simmons, and good to see him back out on the ice this weekend, too, I might add. Uh, You know, getting a chance up on the top line for a little bit. You know, give this team a bit of a spark. And Hyman, like... (laughs) He just grinds, man. Like, he's the ultimate team player. Starts the night on the third line with Engvall and Mikheyev. Ended up on the top line for a few shifts with Marner and Matthews. Then the Tavares line had a couple of stints with them. And I'm pretty sure he took a couple of shifts with Spets and Jumbo, too. Like, the guy honestly just does whatever you want. A pure utility player um, who can you can just mold and maneuver up and down the lineup not only on a game-to-game basis but on a shift-to-shift basis like the the it's just amazing the swiss army knife that he can be for sheldon keith and you know that he loves it and it's definitely a big bonus for the maple leafs and like He plays on the power play. He kills penalties. What more do you want out of this guy, man? Like, bad games don't exist in Zach Hyman's vocabulary. They just don't. Like, this dude's a consummate pro and the ultimate team player, and he was fantastic once again on Saturday night. But the number one star from that game has to be Jack Campbell. 31 stops, gets the shutout, calm, cool, collected, he didn't have to make too many big saves. Um, you know, according to Nat stat, natural stat trick, only six high danger chances against him, but he stopped all of them, made that nice little stack of the pad save, and he made all the routine saves too. And like, those are ones that Anderson weren't making twenty four hours earlier. He just wasn't. And Campbell made those routine saves and the couple big saves that also need to be made for your team to win a game. And at the end of the day, that was the biggest difference in this game. The fact that Jack Campbell was there and out-dueled the opposing goaltender in net, that is why the Leafs won. And going into it, I said on Friday when I did the the pregame show with Haley Salvian from the Athletic uh, out in Calgary, I told her, I said, listen, if the if the Leafs want to win this game, they're gonna have to win the goalie battle. That was in reference to the game on Friday night, but obviously that that you could say that about every single game at the end of the day. but you win that goalie battle, you're more likely to win games. And that's what Jack Campbell did, and that's what he can do going forward, which is why there's now controversy in Maple Leafs land in the crease. Is it warranted? Well, I'll tell you all about it after this break. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leaves podcast. Mike DeStefano with you, the host of this program. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And this is the only daily podcast Maple Leafs podcast out in the land each and every day. You can get us directly to your phone or wherever you get your podcast from. Just make sure that you subscribe to Locked on Leafs. Is there a goalie controversy in Toronto? Yes. Yes, there is. Freddie Anderson versus Jack Campbell. Who should be the starter going forward? (sighs) I am in favor of giving the net to Jack Campbell for a run of games here. I am. Um, Am I ready to anoint him and say he's our starter going forward? No. But has he earned himself an opportunity to prove that he can be this team starter going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why can't he be a number one? Like That's what I keep hearing from people saying, Jack Campbell, he's got a small sample size. He hasn't done it before. At least with Anderson, you know that he's a capable starter. You know that he's a number one. He's done it before. Well, Campbell could do it if he has the opportunity. Opportunity has to be presented for someone to prove that they're a number one. Anderson wasn't able to claim the number one role before he left Anaheim. Right? He was splitting starts uh, at the time. I think it was Jonas Hiller when he first came into the NHL. And then John Gibson came and stole starts from him, and he had to get away and get to Toronto before becoming a bona fide number one goaltender. Now, Anderson had more starts than Jack Campbell, granted, but still, it wasn't like a perennial number one surefire goaltender when he came to Toronto. We assumed he would be based on how well he played in his in the sample size that we saw when he had a, a timeshare split when he was in Anaheim. But like why can't Campbell be that if given the opportunity? He's a former first round pick. So that talent was clearly seen at a young age that he had the tools to be a number one, and right now he's playing like it. You know, for three years he's actually played. Like, almost as a number one goaltender. Like, nobody really looks at Jack Campbell and talks about the year that he had in, uh was it in, in L.A.? Like, his first full season in the NHL when he first came onto the scene. No one ever wants to talk about how well he actually played in Jonathan Quick's absence. Just quickly pulling it up here. Um... He started 31 games that year for the poorest L.A. Kings. They were awful, god-awful that season. Just like they still like basically currently are and have been since that year. But anyways, he had just six games going into that year that he had played. One game for the L.A. Kings in 16-17, played five games for them in 17-18. But he was really just a guy who was playing around in the minors, putting around And then he finally had an opportunity to come up and play with the Kings because injuries occur. Jonathan Quick out. I think they ended up trading for Ben Bishop, too, and he got injured. So then all of a sudden now the Kings had to rely on this, you know, bust of a first-round pick, Jack Campbell, who hasn't really done anything, doesn't have uh, uh, any type of sample size of success in the NHL. But here we go. Let's see what he's got. And he kind of stole the the net from Jonathan Quick. Ended up playing 31 games that year, had a 229 goals against and a 928 save percentage. I guess it off like with an awful LA Kings team. The following year, last season, played 20 games for LA before getting traded. Basically, a, a time split. Numbers weren't as good a 285 and a 900 save percentage. But again, awful team. Last year, he gets traded to the Maple Leafs. Anderson goes down almost immediately once he got there. Remember, he played a, a good string of games. Played six games in the what? I don't even know. There wasn't many that that the Leafs could have played in the time that they picked him up. And he played six games, had a two sixty three goals against and a nine fifteen save percentage. I'll take that out of my starter, especially when you look at what's going on now. And then he follows it up the following year. In his four games this season so far, he's allowed one goal on average in each of those games. Got two shutouts though, but a 965 save percentage. I get it. He's only had 68 starts in his NHL career. I understand. But he needs an opportunity to show that he might actually just be a good player. I think small sample size is such a joke of an excuse like, Carey Price was a small sample size at one point, you know, when they traded about Cristobal Huey and give him the net. Was, you know, it, am I saying that Jack Campbell is going to be the next Carey Price? Of course not. Let's not be obtuse here. But at some point, every star goalie has a small sample size, and you just you see, okay, he's playing well. He If he just continues to do this, he's going to be a good goalie. Let's give him an opportunity. Thatcher Demko, he's played less games than Campbell has. And all of a sudden, he's being anointed as the number one next best thing in in the goaltending world. He's having this unbelievable month, and he is. Don't get me wrong. like This is somebody who, if Vancouver makes the playoffs, potentially could be in the MVP conversation because of how well he's played. Dude's had a 950 save percentage in the month of March. He's been out of his mind good. But he's played less games than Campbell. He's got a smaller sample size than Campbell. And already they're saying that Demko's like a top-five goaltender in the NHL. Demko's not that young. Demko's, I think, only like three or three, maybe four years younger than Campbell. He's not that young. What about Jordan Bennington? Right? Jordan Bennington came in, wasn't even an NHLer when he came in. And he ended up running with the net, and then all of a sudden takes his team to a Stanley Cup final. But at some point... He was just a guy who they called up and threw in the net, and they gave him a good stretch, a good run of games. He played well, and next thing you know, it they're hoisting the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying Campbell, again, is the next Bennington's going to come in and become a Stanley Cup-caliber goaltender. But my point is, sample size is a joke and an excuse. Everyone starts off with a low sample size. Everyone starts off with zero games played. And you just got to go out there and keep proving on a game-to-game basis that you belong in the NHL, and in Campbell's case, that he belongs to get a run in net. And I think he does. You know? Some guys just need a chance to show you that. They just need a chance to to show you that. And, And I think this is their opportunity to give Campbell the chance to show them that. Like, the Leafs... They should not be married to Freddie Anderson as their guy this season. They should not be. He is a pending UFA. Right? Campbell at least is under contract next season. Campbell's got one point six five million on the cap for next year. One point six five. See what you got. See if you can get quality goaltending for one point six five million. Instead of having to go out and shell out a bunch of money on a guy, what if Campbell, who's sitting in your backyard, is that guy? Last year we saw Anton Kudobin go on a massive run, and he's followed up with a pretty good campaign. Like, it happens a lot where guys sit there and they say, they haven't been a starter, I don't trust them, I don't believe in them, you shouldn't anoint them and give them the opportunity to be a starter because of you know what you have in Freddie. Well, I'll tell you what we got in Freddie this year, not a good goalie. He hasn't been. He went through a stretch where he played pretty well, and and I don't want to use the word "fool"ed us, but somewhat fooled us into thinking that okay, as long as this team plays well in front of him and is playing better, maybe he is that all-star caliber goalie. Like, remember we always talked about if Anderson played for a different team, like if Anderson went and played for New York or Anderson went and played for Carolina, you know the way that they play with the structure in front, he would be uh, a vested caliber goaltender. Well, the Leafs have played like that. A decent amount this season, and he's still allowing some of those backbreaking goals. That's that's kind of the issue here when it comes to Anderson. And like I said, the guy's going to be a pending UFA this year. He's got a two ninety one goals against an eight ninety seven save percentage. That's not the numbers I'm looking for when I'm looking. For my goal t- for a goaltender, <laughs> who I think can help me win a cup, because that's what the expectations are in Toronto to win the Stanley Cup. And you couple that with his poor play in the playoffs since getting here in Toronto. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I I think they need to give Campbell a run here, give him an opportunity, not be married to Anderson down the stretch. Give the net to the guy who's on a run. Give it to the hot hand. Here's the biggest issue with Campbell getting the net, though. Because I'm a fair guy here. I talk, I talk about both sides. I like to think I do. Cool, level-headed man here on Locked On Leafs. Um, he's gotten injured quite a bit since coming to Toronto. You know, he's... He's only been limited to four games this year, not because of opportunity, but because he hasn't been able to stay on the ice. I don't know if if you know, it's just happenstance that this just happens to be a, a couple of injuries at some inopportune times for him this season. But health certainly is a factor when you talk about potentially giving Campbell the net going forward because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I think that's why you don't necessarily anoint him your starter going forward. It would be best just to say we're gonna give the goalie to whoever has the hot hand. You know, we're gonna roll with the hot goalie. And right now, to me, that's Campbell. But is 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 Campbell the best option going forward past this season? Is he the best option for next season? Should they bring back Anderson? Are there some other options out there that the Maple Leafs could go out and look into? We'll take a quick break, and when I return, I'll talk about some other options going forward that the Maple Leafs could have if they decide to move on from Freddie Anderson, and I'll do that afterward from Bilt Bar and BetOnline.ag. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, we got coconut versus birthday cake. If you haven't had the birthday cake Built Bar yet, You're missing out because these got shipped to my house. And I kid you not, my family opened these bars up and they were gone before I got home. Birthday cake will be getting the nod for me and heading into the next round. But who are you going to vote for? Go to BuiltBar.com or do at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast, your daily Maple Lease podcast. I am Mike DiStefano, the host of the show. So I just discussed how there's this massive goalie controversy between Anderson and Campbell. Just gave you a bunch of reasons why I think Campbell should get an opportunity to be the number one here in Toronto. But do I think he should be anointed the number one? No. Should he be the least option going into next season? I don't think that would be their best option. In fact, I have four my top five options going into next season if the Leafs move on from Anderson, who is a pending UFA this offseason. And coming in at number five actually is Jack Campbell and some sort of tandem goalie to go along with him. Do I think Campbell is going to be a guy who could start you 60 games in an 82-game season? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But odds are if you bring in Campbell at a cheap rate of 1.65, you can go out, you can spend a little money on a tandem goal to go along with him, I'm thinking two names potentially a guy like Jake Allen, who's been pretty good out in uh, out in Montreal this season. Underneath Carey Price, he's been a pretty good goalie for them, and also Peter Marazic out in Carolina. Now these are both pending UFAs, uh, so you could get them in the in the the market this offseason. I don't know if either of them are going to make it to the market or not, but we'll see. But a guy like Marazic, you know who. He's injured right now, but he's been a really good goalie the last couple of seasons, and he's been in in a timeshare and kind of been the the 1A of a 1B type timeshare since he's gotten to Carolina, and he's been a really good goalie. But I think uh, he would be somebody, if he gets let go by Carolina, who looks like they have a decent up-and-coming goaltender in Alex Nadelkovich. I think he could be someone who may end up testing the market, in which case... I think that Marazic would be a decent option to to pair with Jack Campbell, and if not Marazic, maybe Jake Allen. But I think that would be the fifth best option for the Maple Leafs if they move on from Anderson and they keep Campbell, get a tandem and have a tandem in net, and one of those guys might be a good option. Um, another one coming in at number four on my list, I have the Columbus goaltender. So one of Elvis Merzlikens or Eunice Corpusalo. Um, they're both 26 years old. Merzlikens is like projects to be a stud. Big goalie, uh, was playing exceptional before he got hurt last year. He was looking like the next big thing. Like he had an eight game run where he had like five shutouts or something stupid like that. But again, health being an issue, there is why he hasn't been able to steal the net and solidify himself as a legitimate number one. And the guy who's you know started more games this year, based on the fact that he's been healthier, also because he's playing decent and for whatever reason has the trust more so of Coach Tortorella is Jonas Corpusalo. But if Tortorella is gone this offseason, now I don't know if Corpusallo becomes uh, you know the the castaway when Columbus's new coach comes in. But, you know, one of those two options uh, could be there. Corpus Allo's cheaper at $2.8 million compared to Merzlikan's $4 million. Uh, we did see that playoff success last year, not only against Toronto, but we also saw it Against Tampa, where he had that marathon game, that went like four overtimes, where I think he did he break a record, like eighty-five saves or something like that in that game against uh, against the Bolts. So, you know, I think Corpusallo is a guy who's shown that he can be a really good goalie himself as well. And either one of these goaltenders, I think, uh, would be decent options and, and upgrades, to be quite frank, over uh, Freddie Anderson. All right, now we get to the the more bonafide goaltenders here, guys who are like legitimate, established number ones. And coming at number three on my list of options, Tuka Rask. You know, old Tuka Rask. Yep, that's right. Let it come full circle and allow him to finish his career right where it started here in Toronto. He's a pending UFA. He's a proven winner. 93 playoff starts, over 50 wins in those starts. He's got two cup runs under his three. Cup runs, actually, technically, under his belt. Won a ring as a backup uh, back when they beat the Canucks. So this guy has plenty of playoff experience, plenty of playoff success, and he's too Rask. He's been one of the best goalies in the NHL over the last decade, and he's still playing well right now. I don't know if he's going to leave Boston, but there was rumblings that there was... You know, some issues with with the Bruins and and Rask this season because, you know, last year he left them high and dry in the playoffs and kind of wanted to go back and be with his family. So high and dry is not the right word. You know, he had legitimate reasons, but there was some friction there between him, the fan base, and the media. So I wonder if as a UFA, if if potentially he'd be willing to come to Toronto to for one more kick at the can to try and win a cup. So that'd be my third option. My second option would be Marc-Andre Fleury. the Vegas Golden Knights. He's 36 years old. I guess he'll be 37 next year. And when I look at that and go, whoa, 37 years old for a goaltender? You want to bring that guy in? Are you kidding me? Are you high? Dude, this guy is playing out of his mind right now. Like, he's in the Vesna conversation, and if it really wasn't for a guy named Andre Vasilevsky, probably would be the, the front runner for the Vesna right now at 36. He's got a 191 goals against a 931 save percentage. He's got one more year left on his deal at $7 million. But if you recall, in the offseason, there was a rumor out there. Again, this is a rumor. But there was a rumor that because Vegas was so tight to the cap, which I assume they will be once again this year, that they were willing to eat half of Fleury's salary to get him off the books because they were going to roll with Robin Leonard as their guy. Now, Leonard ended up getting hurt, and they ended up keeping Fleury, and thank goodness they did because he's been outstanding, and Leonard hasn't been able to play many games this year. But going into next season, if they do need to have some cap casualties, I wonder if Marc-Andre Fleury could be had for the Maple Leafs. Um, and, and at a reduced salary, at a fifty percent chunk, at three and a half million bucks, you bring in a guy who's uh, won multiple Stanley Cups, made multiple runs to the to the finals. I think marc Andre Fleury, a future Hall of Famer, it would be a fantastic addition to the Leafs. Not only off the ice, or not only on the ice, but off the ice. Like he's known as one of the best humans in hockey. You bring that in. Um, especially if, if, let's say, Thornton and Spezza end up leaving this offseason, you fill that void, that veteran void with Marc Andre Fleury. I think he would be a fantastic option for the Maple Leafs if he becomes available. And then the last guy, if he becomes available to me, the number one option, the top option, if this is a, a possibility for Toronto to add, would be John Gibson uh 27-year-old goaltender out in Anaheim uh he's got 6 more years left on his deal at 6.4 million but he's one of the best goalies in the league and like at 27 years old he still has plenty of game left in him right like he's going to be a good quality goalie for those entire 6 years that he still has left on his deal so to me John Gibson I think is somebody who the Maple Leafs really should inquire about. And I don't know if Anaheim, again, is going to be looking to move him. Clearly, uh, he is a a fantastic goalie, but, you know, this is a rebuilding team. So is a 27-year-old goaltender kind of in their uh, their plans long term? I know that they've got a kid, Lucas Dostal, who's playing really well in the minors right now. Maybe they think he could be the future. And the fact that Gibson being the stud that he is, could really get a solid return back for Toronto um, or get a solid return back for Anaheim from Toronto if they were to trade for him and really get a jump start on that rebuild. I think that Gibson probably would be uh, the best option out there if they can swing it. Like, this is somebody who's been arguably one of the best goaltenders in the league uh, since he came in back in 2013-14. Like, he, he, funny enough, pushed Freddie Anderson out of Anaheim, and if he can come in and push Anderson out of Toronto and just keep chasing him, that'd be a, a pretty cool narrative too. But, you know, this guy, you just take a look at, at what he's been able to do. He's got a 920 save percentage uh, virtually every single year. Um, he's got some some playoff success. Uh, it's just, you know, the team is going in the wrong direction And I'm curious if they'd be willing to try and jumpstart their rebuild by moving on from a guy like John Gibson and getting some significant pieces, picks and prospects from the Maple Leafs. And then that would allow Toronto to really shore up that position and get themselves a bona fide, true, legitimate, number one difference maker, elite goaltender between the pipes. And if they could do that, look out, NHL. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You would subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.